Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 58 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, and of course, to subscribe on all social media platforms or follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Posted a new TikTok today just making fun of Glenn Rivers. So, for today's episode... We're going to be talking about the Lakers and the Timberwolves, their third matchup of the season that just finished off here in L.A. And we will also be talking about the Celtics-Jazz game that occurred right before. And I will briefly be talking about the Wizards, another one of our dime dropper teams last night falling to the Bucks, and then the Suns bouncing back against Memphis. So let's start out with the Lakers, tier one of our dime dropper teams, part of the normally scheduled routine. They're playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Of course, no D'Angelo Russell. He's been out for a long time. No Marcus Gasol, no Anthony Davis. Damian Jones started in place of Marcus Gasol, and I thought he was pretty good. He was active, you know. He was on, uh, crashed the offensive glass, had a nice putback dunk in the first half. He finished the game 3-3, three at three, but he only played 17 minutes at 8 points. The thing with the Lakers was, though, they came out very complacent. In the first quarter, they were not communicating on D, a couple blown rotations, uh, careless with the ball, a lot of turnovers. And I love the way Carl Anthony Towns was playing in the first half, just in general in the game. This is one of my favorite games I've seen him play in a long time because he was actually posting up. He was getting the ball, demanding the ball on that mid-post area against Damian Jones. He was getting double-teamed, and you saw guys benefiting off of this. You saw Ricky Rubio hit a couple of threes, and he looked more like the Ricky Rubio that you know, I knew before this season. And a couple of times, Dennis Schroeder uncharacteristically just got beat off the bounce. And that was just rare because Dennis has been such a great defender this season. By the way, if you're on the YouTube and you're seeing the title of this video, uh, thank you for being here. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I trolled with the title of the video. I just talked about the Lakers on a game-to-game basis and the Clippers. So if you're an LA sports fan, hit the subscribe button. But anyway, back to the episode. Anyway, Dennis Schroeder, little uncharacteristic, getting blown by earlier in the game. And then Anthony Edwards, who I really have seen some maturation since the beginning of the season when we were covering him, when the Timberwolves were a dime dropper team long, once upon a time when we were following them regularly for like about four games and the injury bug just completely killed their whole season. But Anthony Edwards has gotten better finishing around the rim. His confidence has continued to improve, and he's starting to learn modern pick-and-roll basketball and he came off some screens and really attacked the rim nicely, got fouled a couple times, was four out of six from the line. And I thought the Lakers were struggling a little bit with that. LeBron was doing a good job just trying to get everybody going. And sometimes it's like, I like when LeBron t- just, you know, just is okay giving up the ball, just pushing it up the floor, not trying to just dribble around and just create everything by himself. I think it's much more beneficial. Except sometimes it's like you want LeBron to... Uh, turned up a notch with the scoring. That's exactly what he did in the second half. I want to say, though, even though the Lakers were only up by a single digit after one, and the second quarter, each team scored 40 points. Laker defense was just not very existent in that first half. But Markeith Morris, I thought he gave a really nice spark to the Lakers. Putbacks, uh, you know, um, 
corner three, he hit one of them. He was just active, and the Lakers did a good job of running. And Kyle Kuzma, another solid performance from him tonight. He finished with 16 points on 7-12. In the half court, he was very quiet. It was just like the only shots he hit were two uh, two corner threes, spot-up threes. I think LeBron assisted on both. I know he assisted on one. But most of his points came with just, you know, running the floor, transition points, effort points. And that's what Kuz is starting to turn into. He's starting to turn into a guy that's going to get some points just by working hard, just by being around the basket, the Montrader kind of points. And Montrader, you know, I can't stand the guy, but, oh, man, he has been fantastic lately. He's been on a tear. He's been playing the same way you saw him play last year with the Clips when Paul George was out. Next man up mentality. He's more than capable of carrying that scoring load. He is always trying to punish people down low. And, you know, he had some nice moves today. That one dribble left, spin over the right shoulder for the layup. You know, he loves going right into the contact. He loves the contact. That's one thing I did enjoy about him when he was with uh, with, with us. And some hard dunks. And there was one rebound in the second, uh, second half where there was like three Minnesota Timberwolves around him. And he just wanted it more. And... A couple possessions in a row where LeBron hit him with those pocket passes. There was no rotation from the Wolves. They really just started fizzing out. You know, Anthony Edwards was very impressive, but the Wolves just started fizzing out. When the Celtics, or Celtics, when the Lakers turned up their pressure on defense a little bit in that second half, you know, Dennis Schroeder was better. He had some nice moments where he helped, recovered, closed out well, took a nice charge. You know, LeBron had some decent moments defensively, like that nice block against Jake Lehman. And I thought that LeBron's aggressiveness in the second half was better. You know, he just had a solid night. It's some nice contested threes over over seven foot Carl Anthony Towns. So impressive from LeBron. It's become, but also, <laughs> again, he loves his garbage time points, man. He loves padding them stats. Those garbage time points. You know, he did that in the 2014 finals too. Go check back that out. I forgot about that until I went back and watched it. But LeBron with another great performance. You know, he is so. One step ahead of teams like the Timberwolves with a bunch of young players. His reads are just, he sees things before they happen, and he gets everybody good shots. And I think that the Lakers, overall, just a very good performance. THT, I thought, was a huge bright spot, especially in that second quarter. He was getting to the basket, beating the initial man, coming off screens. Teams were in drop coverage. You know, THT, he isn't a shooter, but... When he's getting downhill, you a lot of times if you're not if you're the guy that's guarding THT and you're going off a screen, you need to get level with them because he will explode to the rim. He is very good finishing with his right hand. You know, I've noticed his left hand can be a weakness, but man, he has some fantastic finishes with that right hand on the left side, like reverses. Today he had one where he kind of backhanded it off the glass. He's very you know, he's got a nice little skill set. And on the drive, he makes some really nice passes, wraparound passes, drop-off passes. LeBron and him did a really good job of finding guys with that tonight. And I thought that the Lakers, just a t- typical day at the office, just second half, they turn it up. THT, 16.7 rebounds and four assists and zero turnovers. I've called him Taylor Horton turnover as a joke So uh, at times this season because he can be careless with the ball. But he was fantastic. Six and nine from the field. 16 points. Montrader, 25 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists on 11 of 16. Another day at the office for him. It's the really the Laker bench that killed it tonight. Kuzma, 16. Montrader, 25. And THT, 16. KCP, a little better. He had some moments where Anthony uh, Edwards caught him uh, off ball, like just moving without the ball, and KCP was a step behind. LeBron, 25, 12, and 12. Another triple-double. Four turnovers, but overall, 8 of 14, 4 to 7 from 3. His three ball was on, and he was just in control of the game. So the Lakers outscore the Minnesota Timberwolves 66 to 51. 
in the second half. They move on to 27 and 13, three wins in a row following the All-Star break. The Lakers are starting to really hit their stride here and maybe make a push for that number one seed. We'll see. Obviously, these are easy teams, but they got some tougher games coming up. Let's see. They got the Charlotte Hornets next. They've been on a tear. Actually, no, not a tear, but they're an exciting team that can sneak up on you, and they've been playing very good basketball of late. And not to mention, they haven't played the Lakers this season, so it'll be an interesting matchup. Wolves fall to 9-31, so I did like the performance from Carl Anthony Towns. Not so much in the second half, though. 29 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 of 8 from 3. Slightly too many attempts. I know he's a great shooter, but I like what he was getting in the post. Anthony Edwards, 11 of 22, 29 points. Ricky Rubio was good too. Other than that, though, not much going on for this team offensively. Let's move on to the Jazz and Celtics. Apologies to the Celtics fans. I did not uh, get to watch the, what's it called? I didn't get to watch the first half of this game, but I did get to watch the second. And I liked the things I was seeing from Boston defensively. I thought that their energy was really good. I thought that Marcus Smart was putting pressure on the ball handlers. You know the Jazz are going to run a lot of high pick and rolls with Conley, with Donovan, and he was forcing some offensive fouls. Like, but my thing is this: like, I'm not the type to blame officials, but the free throw disparity was very questionable. The Jazz shot 24 free throws. The Celtics only shot four, and the Celtics shot less than 33s, which is very unusual for them. And they didn't really get rewarded. They only, I think, there was a record set that there was no team that. Um, I think it was something like no team that got 18 or more fouls and only shot four free throws or something along those lines. And it's just, that was tough. But excuses aside or refs aside, and by the way, yeah, I don't hear those jazz players crying about the refs. Jesus Christ. Because it seems like everybody that complains these days, the refs just start sucking them off. But, you know, I thought that Jason Tatum and Jalen were doing a really good job of staying aggressive. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown was getting to the rim. One of the end ones was his. You know, he made a tough three over Rudy Gobert. I think it was in the fourth quarter when the Jazz started uh, starting to push up their lead a little bit. And I just think that the Celtics, it was really just, they just don't get enough from the other guys. I think Jason Tatum had a really good stretch in the game. Like the fourth quarter, I thought that the Celtics were actually playing pretty good fourth quarter offense. Um, compared to their usual selves where they, they go iso ball, a lot of Tatum, a lot of Kemba. They get a pick and roll. They, someone switches, and it's kind of like the Clippers. They just kind of dribble around, and they t- get a bad shot, and nobody else moves. But I thought that I liked seeing Jalen get the ball, and they were creating some turnovers. Like, they trapped Donovan at half court. The Time Lord and Tatum got a turnover and cut the game down to, like, one. But, you know, the a big play at the end of the game. The Celtics were down three. Marcus Smart wide open for three because Jason Tatum, you know, he was coming off those screens when they were giving him a mid-range. He was pulling back at a step back, hitting Joe Ingles with that. And he was also getting to the basket. And when he got to the basket, defense collapsed. He found Marcus Smart for a wide open three. He did not make it. And then Donovan Mitchell made him pay. And you hear Brad talked about it after the game. He said, we don't make teams pay enough uh, as much as we should. The Utah Jazz turned the ball over 15 times. The Celtics turned the ball over 13 times. But the Jazz, I guess, only they only beat them by two in the points off turnovers uh, disparity, 20 to 18. But overall, I think, I mean, the Jazz made nine more threes. They're just a much better three-point shooting team than the Celtics. And that's really what it comes down to for me with the Celtics is they just need to make a move for somebody that can give them an offensive lift off the bench. I mean, Marcus Smart is great. 
But, you know, Jason Tatum, an efficient 29-point outing tonight, 12-24 from the field and 4-7 from three. And then JV with 28 points on 12-21. But they still... And then, you know, you got Kemba with 16, 7-16. I mean, yeah, maybe he should make one or two more shots. But is that really the problem? I mean, Daniel Tice had 15-11-6. 11 rebounds, 6 assists. 7-13 from the field. We didn't see Tristan Thompson tonight at all. We saw the Time Lord, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 7-10. Peyton Pritchard has really slowed down, which is very disappointing. I don't want him to lose his confidence. Marcus Smart was 2 of 10. He did not have a good night shooting the ball. And against a team like the Jazz, you know, you're going to need all four of your creators, Kemba, Jalen Tatum, and Smart, to play well, unless somebody else picks up the slack. And let's look at the, let's, let's calculate it right now. Semi Ojale, donut. You know, Grant Williams, two points. Time Lord, 14. Marcus Smart, five. So, you know, you have there's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 57 points between the two of them. You plus add 15 of that with Tice, that's 72, and then 88 when you count Kemba. So four players combined for 88. The rest of the Celtics team only scored 21. That's not good enough. However, I did see a lot of good things from the Celtics, but the refs, the refs just couldn't swallow, swallow their whistle. This Jazz scored 40 points in the fourth but I honestly think that the Celtics have just lost two games to two very good teams in these first here, in these first game, in the first game, and um, and these first uh, two games. I'm sorry, first two losses they've had since the break. That was the Nets and the um, what was the team tonight? The Jazz. So. Tough one for the Celtics. They dropped to 20 and 19. The Jazz move on to 29 and 10. Not too much standout performance. I thought, I guess Go Bitch was good. 16 points, 12 rebounds, four blocks. He was really affecting shots around the basket. Jordan Clarkson with 20 points, 6 to 16 from the field, and 5 of 10 from three. 20 points for him. Donovan, 21 points. He was solid. Six, not crazy, but solid. Did his thing. 6 to 16 from the field. He made the big shot when it counted to put the uh, Jazz up six. And Jingles, 14 points, 5 rebounds on 5 and 9. So that's it for tonight's game. Let's briefly go over. Um, let's briefly go over the Bucks and the Wizards. So the Wizards are a drive dropper team. You know, guys, Bradley Beal sat out the other night alongside Davis Bertans. They immediately played the night after. Or I don't know if it was, yeah, I think it was exactly the night after. And it's just like, this is a playoff race. Like, the Wizards are trying to make the playoffs. That is unacceptable from the organization, from Bradley Beal. I mean, every game counts. To just miss games voluntarily like that, off of, even if you are a little hurt, just a little, it's time to start playing through pain. Because I saw him play yesterday, and he did, he looked fine. He looked fine. So did Davis Bertans. They didn't look much different than they ever actually are. So it's I know they weren't actually injured. That was that was just resting load management garbage, and it cost them because you know now they played right. They got off to a decent start. Russell Westbrook was being aggressive. I liked the way he was attacking. He really started to pick it up, just attacking and creating for others. You know, the Bucks had a tough time with Giannis. Sorry, the Wizards had a tough time with Giannis. He was getting by Achimura. But the reason why that was was because in the beginning of the game, 
the Bucks were making the Wizards pay. And you know that in today's NBA, you just can't guard Giannis one-on-one straight up. You need to throw multiple bodies at him. And when DiVincenzo was hitting two threes, partially because Garrison Matthews was just like, you know, not contesting them well enough and not hustling on him and closing them out nicely, hit a couple threes to start the game, then you know that you know you uh, you don't want to leave them open, and that gives Giannis more one-on-one room to work. And he had some nice moves in this game, but mostly just you know the typical stuff from Giannis. But he's very aggressive. He's you know how again every game he plays chip on his shoulder. Chris Middleton also was hitting some threes, and Brooke Lopez was really good around the basket, which was making the Wizards uh, as you know they're not a good defensive team already, making their job tough. And I thought that. You know, they they were trying the whiz, but there was a lot of defensive liabilities out there. Alex Len, I mean, I don't know why Mo Wagner didn't play. Again, Scott Brooks has been needed to go. How long have we been saying this at this point? He doesn't learn. Mo Wagner has been the best freaking, um, the best big for the Wizards this season. And Alex Len just could not move at all. And then... What's his name? Davis Bertans couldn't move at all. The only reason he stayed out there is because he was hitting three, he hit three threes, three out of five, nine points. Denny Avdia, I liked what I saw from Denny. He was 11 points, six rebounds, plus eight. I still want different kinds of touches. Robin Lopez, nine minutes he played, nine minutes too many. He was slow as molasses. Can't get out to anywhere, just cannot move. And then Raul Neto, didn't really like what he brought to the table in this game. Not good enough defensively for me. Russell Westbrook had a cold spell. Bradley Beal started out the first half poorly, but then when the Bucks went up by like 20 points because Giannis was eating, Bradley Beal stepped it up and he started getting off. And man, that guy, he just knows how to score. He was getting to the rim, hitting his threes, three-level score, but which showed me that he wasn't injured at all. And then Westbrook started picking it up. The Wizards made a run, but the Bucks just proved to be a bit too much. They got a good help from Bobby Portis off the bench with 13 points, but Giannis just did not quit. Chris Middleton, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 9 of 22 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. Drew Holiday is part of the reason why Beal had a slower first half. Good defense. 15 points for him, 6 of 14 from the field, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. It was pretty quiet offensively, to be fair. Brooke Lopez had a good game, 22 points on 6 of 7 from the field, 8 of 12 from the field. I'm sorry, 6 rebounds. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Brooke Lopez had 22 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, 4 blocks though. And he was 8 of 12 from the field and 0 of 3 from 3. So all 2s for Brooke. So, and he was 8 of 9 from 2. So a very solid game for him. DiVincenzo with 12 on 5 of 8 from the field and 2 of 5 from 3. He also had 7 rebounds and 6 assists to go along with it. Rui Hachimura, a good game for him. I liked it. 9 of 18, 22 points. Westbrook did a great job getting his teammates involved. But man, he was a minus 20 in this 39 minutes. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 17 assists. I thought that he had some great finds. I thought that he took... uh, I mean, he was 3 of 6 from 3, so I guess that's cool. 8 of 19 from the field overall. I just thought that at times his defense was a little... Like, here's the thing about the Wizards, and this is why I think they lost the game, is when the Bucs made the run, it was kind of like what we saw with the Clippers against the Pelicans the other night. It's kind of like just hands everywhere, like... What do we do? Like, oh, I guess we're, you know, we're going to, they're going to, they try to make a push, but it was just too late. Like, you need an instant response from that. You need to s- settle down. But there's just too many, you know, too many defensive liabilities for this Wizards team. But anyway, not a good loss. Disappointing with the fact that Bradley Beal missing games with load management. And I will once again have a thread at the end of the season on Twitter 
that will show all the games that these guys have missed that have actually cost their teams, and it could prove costly down the line. Wizards dropped to 14 and 24. Bucks advanced to 25 and 14. Giannis, another great game, improving his MVP case. 31 points, 15 boards, and 10 assists. Three steals as well. He was on it defensively. He was 12 of 19. As for the Suns, man, they bounced back in good fashion. Again, Devin Booker setting the tone as he has in several games since the All-Star break. And it was really... The second quarter where the Suns really pushed it, it was the Chris Paul show, the Devin Booker show. In the third quarter, they really created separation. And yeah, pick and roll city. I thought Jay Crowder was awesome. Doing his the little things, man. He just makes the right plays, makes the extra passes, hits his open shots. 14 points, 4 of 11 from the field, but 4 of 9 from 3. And DeAndre Ayton, much better. Got the ball a little more. I liked it. I liked his activity. 15 points, 6-9 from the field. Chris Paul, 18.7 assists, 4 steals, 9 of 11 from the field. But Devin Booker was the player of the game for me. Again, 27 points, 10 of 19 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. He continues to just be phenomenal. And then Cameron Payne, 13 points off the bench. Big help, hitting threes, getting in the lane, and getting to the basket. All right, that's it for me tonight, guys. A little bit shorter than 24 minutes. Thanks for joining me. Let me know what you think of the recap. Episode number 58. Now we go to the live chat and subscribers. Peace.